Amen. Thank you, ladies. Well, and it's good to see all of you guys today. Before I, uh, before I get into the message uh, too much, I, uh, I just want to talk to you for a minute. I had Caleb read Psalm 46 as we, uh, as we began our worship service today. You know, that just says God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. We will not fear even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. And, and this morning I'm just reminded that, <clears throat> that the shakings happen in a lot of different ways. You know, this week we have, um, parts of our nation have experienced Hurricane Ian. We have even family members of some of the folks in our church that, that are still trying to evacuate. Where literally the, the waters rose around them. Praise God, they seem to be okay, but, but such great devastation. Amen. And uh, this morning in our, in our deacon's prayer time, one of our, I mean, really it's not a deacon's prayer time, it's our men's prayer time, but in our men's prayer time, one of the, one of the men shared that, that tomorrow that he is going to, he has been asked to go to console a friend who has experienced the suicide of a daughter. Mountain shake. This week, a beloved member of our church, Henry Biddy, passed away early on uh, on Thursday morning. And uh, tonight, uh, from four to seven thirty, we will be having a uh, a visitation, a viewing uh, time to uh, come and meet and. Con- you know, just tell the family that you love them. Uh, we'll be tonight at, at here at our church down down uh, in this in this sanctuary, and then uh, Henry's memorial service, which will be a blessed thing. Will be uh, it will be tomorrow at um, at ten thirty in the morning. But I'm just reminded that in all of these things, right? In all of these things. The psalmist says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of of Jacob is our refuge. And he goes on to say, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And we don't understand how or why so many of these things happen. But you know what? We trust in God. That is our only refuge and hope. And, um, you know, it goes with the sermon that I want to, uh, to talk with you about today. As, you know, most of you know, we've been going through the book of 1 Peter, and I'm going to continue in, uh, in that vein uh, today. And um, last week, I, I, I began the sermon with the idea that... Uh, 
You know, one of the creeds of the early church, right, was that uh, the chief end of man is to glorify God. And I said that the, that the Apostle Paul placed it before us as the ultimate motivation for anything that we can do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And... Uh, and, and so as, as the glory of God kind of, you know, becomes our end game, I mean, if, if you could boil life down to just that simple a thing, then the ultimate activities of our life is the glory of God. And, and Peter, even in, uh, we're, not, we're not there yet, but in, in, uh, in, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11, kind of in the middle of the verse, it says that in all things, Peter admonishes, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory and dominion forever. So it, Peter echoes the same thing as Paul that, Ultimately, life is about the glory of God. And as, as, we, as, we, as we think about that and we, as we look to that to be kind of the, the example of our lives, we, we looked at last week that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, that a couple of things work out of our life with that as our goal. First is we abstain from fleshly lusts, right? That we, that we, that we abstain from those things that war against our soul. The second thing we saw is that our behavior is marked by what is called good works. Good, those things that are, that are beautiful and virtuous and works, just the, I mean, the deeds of our life, the labors, the acts that we do. And I said that, that what I believed most characterized that kind of a life was a, a moving from, from a life of I selfishness of I to a life of selflessness in, in our dealings with others. When the passage that we're going to look at today, it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, there's another therefore. And Peter is going to say, because that is your life, therefore. He, he's going to say something that that, that many times we, we don't really like to hear. He's gonna, he says, therefore, submit. Submit. Now, I mean, that is, that's a word that kind of flies in the face of, of our humanness. You know, but, but over the next chapter, he's going, he's going to tell us to submit to human authorities. He's going to tell Tell slaves to submit to masters, and we'll look at that next week. He's going to tell wives to submit to their husbands, along with some special instructions for the, for the husbands. And then he's going to say, now all of you, in essence, submit to one another. So, so the message of, of Peter right now becomes this, this word to submit. And uh, I want to read this, uh, this passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. And uh, then we'll come back and, and talk about it a little bit more. It says, Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good, 
For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, let not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Then he finishes with this, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. As we, as we look at this passage more closely, I want to take just the first phrase. Therefore, submit yourselves to most ordinances of man for the Lord's sake. That's not what it says. It says, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. And it's a very, it's a very uh, encapsulating word. I mean, it, does, it, doesn't leave any, it, doesn't leave us, it doesn't leave any exceptions. And, and this word ordinance, the, the, the Greek word is the word katesis. It's used about 18 times in Scripture, and only one time is translated as ordinance. The other times it's translated as creation or creature or building. It has to do with the creative and the, the building power of, of the Lord God. So we have to look at, in, at it in context. And he says, therefore, sub, submit yourselves to every Ordinance of man. Most translations say, submit yourselves to every human institution or every human authority. It is, it is Peter's command that we submit to governing authorities. Now, as I, as I, as I thought about that, right, I mean, as... As, um, as Christian citizens, we, we should submit to the authority vested in human government, right? To, to the institution at least. I, I know and you know Wayne, Wayne read a passage out of Acts or told us a passage out of Acts where, where Peter and John, uh, I mean they refused to quit preaching about Jesus even though told by the authorities, Right, so there, there certainly are some, some exceptions to this, to this command, and it is a command. I mean, the, the tense of it is to submit and keep on submitting. I mean, it's like a never-ending like never God deal, right? So, but, but if we have the example of Peter, and we're going to see other examples in Scripture of well, where, where, where the people of God didn't submit to the human authority, Right? They, they didn't. So what's, so what's the deal? Well, as citizens of the kingdom of God, he's already called them. We didn't talk about it, but he's, he's already called the people that he's writing to, aliens and strangers living in the world. We are citizens of the kingdom of God if we've been saved. We are just sojourners. We're just passing through. This earth is not our home. We are bound for heaven. Right? So we are citizens of two kingdoms. We are first and foremost a citizen of the kingdom of God. But secondly, we're citizens of earthly kingdoms. And Peter is telling folks how to, how to live in this earthly kingdom. As citizens of the kingdom of God, we answer to a higher authority than earthly kingdoms. We answer to, to God. Right? And we, we see examples in, in Scripture just you know, other than this, this one with Peter and John, we, we see in examples in the book of Daniel, right? You remember in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and, and his friends, right, have been chosen by the king to, to be for special treatment. 
And the king has decreed that they, that they would eat from the king's table. They would be taught the king's ways. And, and Daniel and his friends say, if we do that, then we're going to be going against the law of God for their dietary restrictions. So they threw a fit in front of the king and rebelled and said, no, we're not going to. No, that's not what they did. They, they, they went to the guy that was caring for him, and they said, we, we would rather not eat at the king's table. Do this for us. Bring us some vegetables and some water and test us in this and see if our God doesn't do everything that you're looking for in our lives without obeying the king. And you know the story they did. And they became leaders. They became leaders in the, in, the, in the kingdom of Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. Right? You remember in, in Daniel chapter 3, right, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were, were commanded, the nation was commanded, when you hear the music, bow down to the image. And they didn't do it. They opened their windows and they prayed to God, but they would not bow down to the image. But their response to King Nebuchadnezzar was this, O king, live forever, but we cannot do this. Do you see the, the submission to authority, O king, live forever, and yet I can't do this. We see it, we see it in Daniel chapter 6 when Daniel himself Right when, the, when they have issued a decree that, that all, everybody must bow down to the golden image. And the king didn't even didn't realize what it was going to do to Daniel, to tell you the truth. Right? But again, Daniel refuses to bow down. He refuses to give in to the laws of man when there's a conflict with the laws of God. But again, he says, O king, live forever. And he was rescued from the from the mouths of the lions. So, so there are, there's got to be a way, right? There's got to be a way that we can be obedient to what Peter's teaching, and we're going to see it in the life of Paul as well, except when there's a conflict with the Word and the will of God. So, so as I preach to you this morning, right, submit to earthly authorities, we understand that there's a caveat to that when in respect and in honor, we can't, right? Now, you know, the, the, um, we, we see in uh, the motivation for submitting in this first verse, right? Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. It's, we submit to earthly authority to honor God. Not necessarily just to honor the authority, right? But to honor God. By submitting to earthly authority, we honor God's sovereign authority. Right? Now, I don't, I'm not sure how it, it happened, but I want to illustrate it just a little bit. You know, we... Um, I have heard on, on numerous occasions uh, my sons and my daughters-in-law in, in instructing their children, 
they, uh, you know, when, when they've gotten in trouble for something, I don't know how this is going to work. You guys know my grandson, Maverick, right? Maverick. How old are you, Maverick? How old are you? You're three. Okay, when your daddy or mama ask you, what is your job, what do you tell them? I say, I listen and obey. I listen and obey. I listen and obey. Now, I don't know where my sons picked that up. I don't remember teaching them that. And and probably, the, I mean, I'm sure they're not the only ones to... Uh, to, uh, to do that. Thank you, Maverick, for telling me that. Every time, every time, I've heard him do it dozens of times, not just Michael, but my, some of my other sons as well and their wives. What's your job? To obey. Now, is that, is that belittling to the children for their only job to be to obey? No. It is 100% biblical, right? Colossians chapter 3 verse 20 say this, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Children, please God by obeying their parents. Isn't that simple? And you know the same, we, we see other mandates in Scripture for us as well. Honor your father and mother that it might go well with you on this earth. Right? I mean, those aren't conditional things, right? That, but we, we submit. We submit to the authority of others for the Lord's sake. Just like a child obeys their parents because it pleases God. It pleases God when we submit to earthly authorities. I mean, it's pretty simple. I said that by submitting ourselves to earthly authority, we honor God's sovereign authority. I want to expand on that just a little bit. In Romans chapter 13, Paul has the same kind of thing, right? He says, let every soul, every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, I mean, this seems, and this certainly would have seemed, a, a kind of a bitter pill to swallow as Peter was, was teaching these things, was writing these things to the people of, of this age. Millions of them were slaves, right? And all of them, every person that he was writing to was under, under the oppression of a Roman Caesar, a ruthless Roman Caesar, and persecuting Jewish leaders as well. And yet he tells them, this, this one who has in his own life already say, I, I must obey God rather than you. Right? He'd already done that. I must obey God rather than you. But now he's writing them, submit to all of the earthly authorities. And let's, I mean, look at, the, look at the scope 
of these authorities. He says, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. So he says it's, it's to, the, to the king as supreme or the number one ruler, and it's to everybody that works underneath him. Right? Paul gives us a little even uh, better example. We're going we're to learn uh, from this passage in Paul what, what these guys teach are the basic role of government. Right Now, this is not an, an exhaustive sermon on the role of government, okay? But, but in, in, in Romans chapter 13, where Paul says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. Because of this, you pay taxes, and, and he goes on to say. But in, in these passages, we, we learn that we see three basic purposes for government that, that God ordains, right? First is the restraint of evil, right? I mean, our, our laws are passed, our courts uphold and police, execute, right? That, 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 uh, they're written to encourage people to not do evil, right? To not do evil. And by not doing evil, just like we, we saw in the other where you abstain from freshly lusts, you do good. You, you, the restraint of evil creates a, an atmosphere, right, for the promotion of public good, right? And then the, the third one, both of them say, is for the punishment of evildoers, right? Now, now the rub comes to us, because I understand that, that we live in a time. I mean, I mean, praise the Lord, we're not subject to a king, a ruthless king. We're, we're not slaves that where people own us, right? Although, in some ways, we still operate as slaves but i mean that's a message for probably next week but 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 we struggle when when those that are our leaders right that that clearly scripture says are appointed by god when their idea of good their their promotion of what they feel is good or their or their, uh, their idea of what is evil doesn't necessarily align with ours, we have a problem. Now, I don't think we have the same problem that Daniel had, do it this way or die, right? But, but clearly, when we, when we, when we submit, Submit to authority. You know, we, we, you know, we, we, 
We have law. You know, every, every week, I, I'm getting a little confused here and ahead of myself, but every week um, I'm in a prayer time, at least one prayer time, sometimes more than that. And inevitably, the, the thing comes up that we, we need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our country because we're messed up. A couple of week, weeks ago on Sunday night, I used the terminology stolen from one of my brothers that, you know, we're circling the drain, right? And we need to pray for our country. And that, and that, is, a, that, is, a, that is a biblical mandate, right, that we, that we pray for our country. But as, uh, as, as sometimes we have laws that are created that, that we know are not God-honoring, right? Or we even have laws that are created that are, what I believe, God-provoking, right? We, as yet, for the most part, haven't been commanded to participate in that. We still have freedom to, to not, right? And so, so as we live in a society that, that I, I think you would agree with me, is becoming increasingly more evil and decreasingly less godly, how then do we, what are we to do? Well, Peter would say this, right? It was Peter and Paul. They said, submit to the authority until it conflicts with the word and the will of God. Right? We submit to authority till it conflicts, you know, with the Word of God. Now, as we do that, we also have to realize we have to take the same stances that they took. Right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What happened when they stood against the law of the land for the law of God? They were thrown into the fiery furnace. What happened to Daniel? When he refused to bow to the golden image, he was thrown into the lion's den. What happened or what was the threat with Peter and John when they were told, quit preaching Jesus to be thrown into prison? But you see, it didn't matter. They were citizens of another kingdom and, and we, serve, we serve God no matter what. So we got to be we got to be willing and we got to be ready that if that time comes that we must stand against the laws of man, that we trust God no matter what. We trust God no matter what. You know, the, uh, and in America, we have, we have far, in my opinion, we have far greater responsibilities and duties than even what folks back then had to do. Yes, we are to submit to authorities, right? But the authority that God has ordained for us in this country, in His mercy and His grace, is called a democratic republic. And you know what? We, we not only submit, but we also have the, have the opportunity to influence our nation. For ours is a nation of the people, for the people, by the people. Right? We have the freedom to influence. We can, we can campaign. 
We can donate money. We can knock on doors. We can, we can run for office in order to implement change. We have that capability. We have a responsibility to engage in the government that God has ordained that we, that we have. That may be a hard thing for you to hear, but I mean, I've talked to some of our congressional leaders who believe that they are there because God wanted them there. Praise God! Right now, they're not perfect men. None of them. They're not perfect men. But you know what? If God has ordained them to be there, then they're there to make a difference. And we, as citizens of this great nation, have a responsibility to engage. Not to just submit. Now, we still submit. Right? None of this... Oh, this is hard. None of this gives us the authority or the mandate... Right? To overthrow our government. It doesn't. You know? Because we ultimately understand that, that, that it's from God. And we recognize, like the Apostle Paul, that we do not war against flesh and blood. People are not our problem. Right? He says we war against principalities and power, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So our bottles are fought spiritually right and we are we are commanded to we are commanded to pray right paul instructs instructs timothy right i exhort you first of all that supplications and prayers and intercessions and the giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness or reverence so we are to submit we are to pray as americans we are free to engage and it's a privilege and it's a responsibility to do so how you do that's between you and god but it's part of being a citizen of this country let's go on verse 15 he says this he says for this is the will of god that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond service of God. Peter, Peter says that the reason for submitting to the human authorities is quite basic. Such conduct stops the mouths of the gospel's critics. Same thing that we saw really in verse 11. Integrity the moral fiber that we have, uh, the purity in which the way we live our lives are all effective tools to muzzle the enemies of Christianity. We might even call it lifestyle evangelism. Remember our goal, ultimately our goal is to bring glory to God. And the way that we live is, is part of how we do that. And submitting to authority is part of the way we live. And it's all throughout Scripture. We see examples of it in the Old Testament. We see it in the, in the words of Peter. We saw it in the, in the life of Paul. Even as Paul was writing to, to Titus, who was pastoring you know, a church in Crete, 
Paul tells Titus, remind them. Titus, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey and be ready for every good work. Speak evil to no one. Be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. And when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness we had done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. He said, I want you to affirm these things constantly. Titus, affirm these things constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works, for these are good and profitable to men. See, it matters. It matters how we live our life. And part of how we live our lives is what kind of citizens we are. As strangers and aliens in this world, we're still called to be good citizens. Paul finishes this passage with this last sentence. And I, you, could preach, you could preach whole sermons just on this. Right? But he summarizes what, what, what I believe he would call a kingdom citizen. Right? He says this, Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God honor the king. Honor all people. All people are created in the image of God. You know what? Christians ought not be, need laws that say that we discrimi- you can't discriminate against people of, of color, against people of a different race, of people of a different nation, of people that have different economic status. We do not need laws to teach us that. The Word of God teaches us that. People are made in the image of God. How do we treat people? How do we look at people? I'm telling you, Caleb mentioned that tomorrow night we're going to the homeless ministry. I can tell you something. For the most part, those folks are looked at differently. And they are not honored. And yet as believers... Peter says, honor all people. Those who aren't like you, those who are like you. Those who are saved, part of the church. Those who are not saved and part of the church. In fact, Jesus taught, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Honor all people. And then he takes it a step further when he gets to the church. He says, honor all people, love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. We are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, it, and the, the, the word love is the word agape. You guys know what that means. That's a, that's a self-sacrificing God kind of love. Honor all people, but love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Meet needs, whatever it makes. J- Jesus said this. He said, by this will all men know that you are my disciples. You have love for one another. That's not the first time Peter's told us this. And it's the second time I've preached on it in three weeks, right? We're commanded to love the brotherhood. And then he says, Fear God. Fear God. To revert, to reverence, and to stand in awe of God means that we say we trust Him no matter what the circumstances. Whether in suffering, 
whether in slavery, whether in whatever's going on in our life, we worship God as, as the sovereign one. The one that we know orchestrates everything in our lives to His perfect will. Right? For all things work together for good. For those that are the called according to His purpose. Right? We trust God. Fear God. And then He comes back full circle to where He started. Honor the King. Submit to authority. Not his instructions on how we live. Brothers and sisters, we are, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. But he has said, Jesus said, you are a city set on a hill. Let all see you. Part of that is through our submission to authorities. And can I tell you, church, I mean, you don't have to be on Facebook much. You don't have to dialogue with people much to see and hear Christians bashing our government, bashing our leaders. And, and, and I mean, and I'm, I'm there with you. I don't agree with, with most of what's going on. In Washington, right? But that's not what the word, how the Word commands us to engage. As citizens of this nation, we have a responsibility to engage. We live in a democratic republic that allows the people to engage. But we are to submit because God is ultimately the authority. Amen? Amen. Wayne, come on up here and lead us in a hymn of invitation. I've not really looked forward to preaching this message. But you know what? The more I study it, the more I read the Word of God about it, folks, it's just truth. Even though we might not like it. Right? It's just truth. And we need to be careful as the people of God how we speak, how we think, how we engage. Because a lost world is watching us. I've not necessarily preached a sermon of salvation today, but every sermon is a sermon of salvation. The Lord is calling you for the first time to trust in His work on the cross and give your life to Him to become a citizen of the kingdom of God, then you need to obey. Listen and obey. If you need to repent of our attitudes or our actions, then you do that before Almighty God. Everybody has business with God to do all the time. Right? And this is an opportunity for you to do that. Stand with us.
Amen. Before we uh, before we go tonight today, uh, I want to remind you that uh, the, of our Grady Association uh, annual meeting. There will be f- uh, free food, uh, worship service, uh, and a short business meeting that has to do with our Grady Association of Churches. Uh, the meal starts at five o'clock at Grady County Fairgrounds in uh, in Chickasha. The worship service will begin at six. And uh, Caleb will be leaving from here about 4.30 to, uh, to give a ride to anybody that would like to go. So if you would like to participate in that, then, uh, then uh, please, please remember that. Also remember uh, tonight the visitation for Brother Henry Biddy and a precious, precious man of our church. A servant of God. And... Uh, Anyway, I look forward to, uh, to his memorial service tomorrow, but you can come and greet uh, folks tonight um, if you would like. Well, let me pray, and, uh, and we'll be dismissed. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I know that the word submit, God, seems like a tough word. But Lord, when we trust you, then it should be easy. For we know of your love for us. We know of your care for us. We know of your desire for good for us. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage, give us empowerment through your Holy Spirit, God, to to submit in ways that can be observed by other people so that your name is glorified in all that we do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.